You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Though they claimed to know God, they thought they were examples for God, they were in reality, listen, the opposite. How could I use such a strong word? Jesus said, you of of your father the devil. So in other words, these religious leaders, they manifest more the character of hell than they did heaven. And with that kind of religious climate, all right, imagine this, enter Jesus. The religious leaders and Pharisees were really good people. They were experts of the law. They could sit down and talk about scripture for hours and hours. It was their life. They knew it like the back of their hand. But as Pastor Danny continues our study of 1 John, we're reminded that these men were missing the most important element of serving God, love. They were full of pride and loved the rules and rituals more than the God who made them or the people he designed them for. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. Here's what it says about those people, Acts chapter 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There was a corporate meeting every day and there was teaching like what's happening here. It was a big group, 3,120 to be exact. But then it says, and to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. You go down to verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That was the corporate gathering. But you keep reading. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's why we believe in home groups. We call them life groups. We've called them all kinds of things over the years. They're the same thing. Listen, it's different. It's a different atmosphere to come here to a classroom for something, and that has its place, and to go and sit in somebody's house or apartment or wherever it is. It's just a totally different atmosphere. You get to know each other in those settings. So that's, that's the only way this can be lived out, to get involved in ministry, to get involved relationally. Now, back to the text, 1 John 2, look at verse 7. This gets so interesting. Now, you listen up to this. This, this is so interesting. Dear friends, verse 7, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. This whole command is the message you have heard. But then he says in verse 8, Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him, that's Jesus, and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. How can it not be a new command and it be a new command? Leave the text for just a minute. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Deuteronomy 6.5. And love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19.18. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now, those are what Jesus said are the two greatest commandments in all of the law. He said every other commandment hangs on those two. Love the Lord your God and love others as you love yourself. So it's not new 
to love, they've had it for years and years and years and years in the law. It's not new in that way. That's what John's getting at. So how is it new? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. I could read a lot of verses here. Uh, I'm just going to read a few because Jesus is saying things like, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you. You've been taught this, but I say to you. Pick it up, verse 38. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. That's from the Old Testament. And the purpose of that mainly was when somebody had a crime that they didn't want to go overboard in punishing it. You want punishment equal to the crime. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That's the idea. But he goes on. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I got to live that out a few years ago. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You keep reading. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what the religious leaders were teaching them. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son, S-U-N, to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, the only living examples on the planet, at least where Jesus was, uh, when he came in his first coming, were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the teachers of the law. And they purported to be examples for God. But the truth, the truth is, they were proud, self-righteous, religious bigots. They looked down on tax collectors and sinners. They would not befriend them. They would not associate with them. And though they claimed to know God, they thought they were examples for God, they were in reality, listen, the opposite. How could I use such a strong word? Jesus said, you of, of your father, the devil. So in other words, these religious leaders, they manifest more the character of hell than they did heaven. And with that kind of religious climate, all right, imagine this, enter Jesus. And he not only tells them, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you, and then he lived it out. He lived it out. Listen to this. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, that's Jesus, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Amazing verse. It gets even more amazing when you think about, well, Hebrews 1.3, he's the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. And yet Jesus said in John 6.46, no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Now that statement uh, on the surface sounds like it contradicts kind of like, you know, John here, what he's saying, I- I'm not giving you a new command, but I am giving you a new command. And he says, nobody has seen the Father. And yet in John 14, listen, here's what he said. He's telling his disciples he's about to leave. They're like, where are you going? Uh, and he tells them, in my Father's house are many mansions. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and I'll come back and receive you, and you can be with me. All right? You pick it up in chapter 14 of John, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you'd know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He's not talking about literally seeing the Father in all of his glory and majesty, which we'll all see him like that one day. What he's saying is, you want to know what the Father's like? If you've seen me, you know what the Father's like. Because he's just like me and I'm just like him. I'm in him and he's in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know what God is like. You know what God is like in living, breathing flesh. Truth and love had never before been perfectly personified in a human being until Jesus showed up on the scene. And now the world can know. Catch this. The world can know what God is like in living, breathing flesh. All you got to do is look at the life of Jesus, and you know what God is like in living, breathing flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. You jump down to verse 14, and the Word became flesh. Wow. But if you think that's the greatest mind blower, Isaiah said, chapter 7, one of his names will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. That's not the greatest mind blower to me. Go back to 1 John, chapter 2, verse 8. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you. There's the mind blower. And you. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. I'll tell you what I think that means in just a second. Jesus said about us, here's what he said, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. What an amazing thing that we have the privilege of letting the world see what God is like in living, breathing flesh. We're not talking about sinless perfection, but if we are being conformed into his image, if we're walking as he did, what does that mean? It means we walk in love, the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Practically speaking, I'm convinced. I'm convinced of what that means. You're the light of the world. And we give evidence and we, by our very lives, are meant to point to a day. Listen, a day. Chew on this one. A day when we will live in a world, there is nothing in that world but love. John 3.16 shares that we know love because He, that is Jesus, laid down His life for us. Jesus didn't have to do this. He was well situated in heaven with the Father, enjoying the perfect life that exists there. But Jesus knew the depth of love that the Father has for His creation, and He Himself shares that heartfelt compassion. Your Savior came to earth willingly, knowing that He'd be ridiculed, mocked, and sent to die a painful death. He did this for you so that you too could one day know the perfection of heaven and the blessing of dwelling with Him for eternity. Would you like to know more about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? Please send us an email at info at ccfstpete.com. 
ccfpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We'd be honored to tell you more. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Tune into our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for another edition of The Living Word. The power.